Chapter 7, Segmenting, Targeting, and Positioning. Objectives for this chapter, identify the variables global marketers can use to segment their markets, giving examples, explain criteria global marketers use to choose these markets to target, how do they make targeting decisions, compare and contrast these market strategy options and positioning options that are available to global marketers. Global marketing segmentation is the process of dividing the world market into the distinct subsets of customers that have similar needs. For example, country groups, individual interest groups. The pluralization of of consumption or segment simultaneity theory was advanced by Professor Ted Levitt four decades ago saying this, consumers seek variety and new segments will appear as a result in many national markets. Think sushi, pizza. Look at how Domino's has done so well internationally. In France, they serve pizza with goat cheese and strips of pork. In Taiwan, they include squid, crab, shrimp, pineapple. In Brazil, bananas and cinnamon. Their VP says... Pizza is beautifully adaptable to consumer needs around the world simply by just changing the toppings. Types of segmentation methods. Demographic. Psychographic. Behavior. Benefit. So let's look at demographics based on measurable population characteristics like age and income, gender, age distribution, education, occupation, Generally, national income is the most important variable. You look at 600 million Southeast Asian consumers, 70% under age 40. India, youngest demographic profile of of the world's large nations, two-thirds younger than 35. Half of Japanese will be 50 years plus by 2025. EU consumers under 16, almost as large as their over 60 population. 20% of Americans will be 65 plus by 2030. U.S. is home to 28.4 foreign billion, 28.4 million foreign born citizens with incomes of 20, uh, 233 billion. These are demographic segments worth paying attention to. Income and population segmentation. Two-thirds of the world gross national income in the triad. 12% of the population. Don't use income as the only variable for assessing market opportunities. Use purchasing power parity. Do not read into the numbers. Some services are free in developing nations, so there's more purchasing power. For products with low enough price, population is a more important variable. GDP converted to U.S. currency should be calculated by PPP. PPP is what the currency will buy in the country of issue. Industrialized countries paid for goods and services that are free in poor countries. Chinese per capita income, 8250 PPP adjusts to 15500 Ten most populous countries have 60% of the world's income. Five most populous countries have 46% of that. China and India, world's largest countries, 1.3 billion population each. I'm sorry, China and India. If I didn't say that right, I meant to say it right now. 
China and India are the world's largest countries based on population growth. High-income, fast-growing, uh, high-income segments as well. CBG companies targeting, that's consumer product goods, they target India. 300 million in the middle class, but not all own cars, computers, washing machines. Mass marketing is problematic due to the regional differences of culture, language, and history. Market segments by income and population. Global teens, 12 and 19-year-olds. A group of teenagers randomly chosen from different parts of the world will share many of the same tastes. There's the global elite affluent consumers who are well-traveled and have money to spend on prestigious products with an image of exclusivity. The global elite. China has, is expected to grow a large population of them. Gender segmentation. Gender is an obvious choice for companies. Some fashion designers and cosmetic companies focus entirely on women, but others focus on men. Nike obviously focused on women as well as men. Levi Strauss opened Levi's for girls in Paris. It'll be interesting to see what kind of success they have. Psychographic segmentation. That's based on attitudes, values, lifestyle. Lifestyle surveys. SRI International Values and Lifestyles, Vals and Vals 2. Porsche example, they break their markets up in this way. Top Guns, 27%. Ambition, Power Control, Elitist, 24%. Old Money, Car is Just a Car. Proud Vet, Proud Patrons, 23%. Car is Reward for Hard Work. Bon Vivants, 17%. The Car is for Excitement, Adventure. Fashionistas, 9%. Car is a Form of Escape. Big data and data mining. Facebook and other tech firms mine social media. Analytics includes quantitative and qualitative techniques. Retailers embed Facebook's pixel codes in their websites. And then Facebook's consumer insights categories, they put together shopping mavens, fashion enthusiastics, opportunist shoppers, etc. Behavior. Segmentation. Focusing on whether people purchase a product or not, how much and how often they use it, usage rates, heavy, medium, light, non-user, user status, potential, non-users, ex-users, regulars, first user timers, users of competitors' products, the 80-20 rule or the law of disproportionality or Pareto's law, 80% of the revenues are accounted for by 20% of the customers. Benefit segmentation. Benefit segmentation focuses on the value equation. Value equals benefits divided by price. Based on understanding the product the problem solves, the benefit it offers, or the issue it addresses. Benefit segmentation is a good tool. Ethnic segmentation. The population of many countries includes ethnic groups of significant size. In the U.S., African Americans, Asian Americans, Hispanic Americans. You can subdivide Asians further. Thai, Vietnamese, Chinese Americans, Hispanic Americans, 55 million Hispanic Americans, 1 trillion Latina, 24 million Hispanic women, 42% single, 35% head of households, 54% working. Assessing market potential, things to be aware of. Pay attention to the pitfalls, tendency to overstate the size and short-term attractiveness of individual country markets. The country does not want to miss out on a strategic opportunity. 
the management's network of contacts will emerge as a primary criterion for launching. Current size of the segment and growth potential. Single segment size may be small, but if in several countries, that might have some potential. Potential competition. You want to avoid markets with strong competition unless they're somewhat vulnerable because of price or quality issues. Feasibility and compatibility. Negative factors. These include regulatory Issues like distribution, adaptation issues, import restrictions, high tariffs, strong home country currency. How about sourcing? Is it local? Do you have to import? Segment comparable with the brand, goals, competitive advantage, source. Will adaptation be required? If so, is this economically justifiable? Will we get the expected sales? Will export, I'm sorry, will import restrictions, high tariffs, or strong home country currency drive up the price of our products in this target market currency and effectively dampen our demand? In the chapter, there's a fabulous framework for selecting target markets. Figure 7-1, global marketing expert David Arnold put that together. I want you to study that and learn how to use it. Uh, It asks, what are the key drivers of the model? Are enabling factors in place for this model to work? What is the cost of entry? What is the cost of waiting? And what is the risk control trade-off? Is it appropriate? Nine questions for creating product profiles. Who buys our product? Who does not buy it? What need or function does it serve? Is there a market need not being met by current product or brand offerings? What product does our problem solve? What problem does our product solve? What are customers buying to satisfy the need for which our product is targeted? What price are they paying? When is the product purchased? Where is it purchased? These are the nine questions for creating a profit market profile. Product marketing decisions. Review current and potential products for best match for country markets or segments. Create a matrix with countries and products to help you with the analysis. Table 7-7, that's the 2012 product market grid for Lexus, shows you an example which models are selected in the country markets. This is available, the IS model is available in all countries, but the HS model is available only in North America. Standardized global marketing are on differentiated target marketing, mass marketing on a global scale, standardized marketing mix, minimal adaptation, intensive distribution, lower costs, lower communication costs. And then there's the concentrated versus the differentiated uh, marketing niche versus multi-segment. You can uh, read that in your book. Uh, Certainly, it's something that you want to understand in this chapter, positioning. Locating a brand in the consumer's mind against competitors, uh, you want to do that in a, with either an attribute or a benefit, uh, quality and price, use or user, competition. Uh, this came about from uh, Reason Trout years ago. Uh, we want to own a spot in the mind of the consumer, and we would need to do that. Uh, work around an attribute or a benefit, economy, reliability, durability, quality and price, con- 
continuum from high price quality and high price to good value. Think of BMW, the ultimate driving machine, Stella Artois beer, reassuringly expensive. Our visa, it's everywhere you want to be. These are all positioning statements. Use or user associates the brand with a user or a class of users. Max factor, the makeup that art makeup artists use. Competition, uh, implicit or explicit reference to competition. Dove, their campaign for real beauty. They gave a new definition of beauty. Positioning statements, global consumer culture positioning, local consumer culture positioning, foreign consumer culture positioning. All of these uh, are discussed further in the chapter and will be discussed in our PowerPoint highlights. Thank you.